Stop, stop, do that. Don't do that. That's not right. Okay, hold on. Let me do this thing. This is the right button. This is going great so far. You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Going to have to put that commercial back. This is The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm sitting this week. I'm not standing. I stood my whole first week on the air. And I think that maybe I amp myself up too much each day by by standing and screaming into the microphone a little bit too much. So I'm going to try. There's a more tranquil Craig today who's sitting and hitting the wrong buttons early. Uh, before I get into, into anything for the show, though, I wanted to recap uh, a weekend that I had. I did a lot of stuff out and about this weekend. A lot of it was very fun. Uh, I went to the Dias, Dia de los Muertos uh, event at the museum here, the History Museum in uh, in Bloomington, and I, I really liked that event. Uh, I think you should check it out. Obviously, it's over this year, but um, I'm going to have them in and, and promote it next year. But it was a really cool thing to highlight what is a forgotten, I think, holiday for a lot of us. It is two days after Halloween, so it's actually the 2nd of November, which means it's coming up. Even though the event at the museum was two days ago um the actual event is coming up the craig collins show is going to celebrate this event we're going to have a singer live in studio to play some music uh we might paint faces do the sugar skull if you're familiar with that or if you want to google that uh you have a kind of skull face a uh, katrina is what they call it for uh, my wife's costume if she wears a costume and comes down which she's tempted to do she told me that if i really do have people come in and celebrate this holiday since she's from mexico She'd love to be a part of it. I don't know if my newsman, Neil Doyle, would volunteer to be have his face painted live on air. He's shaking his head no. I'm, I'm not opposed at You're all. not against it? No, I'm Okay, in. cool. And you know what the sugar skull is, the thing I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure, yes. Okay, cool. I'll do it, too. i got to get some, some artists in to do that. And they were doing it for children at the event at the museum, so it didn't seem like an adult thing. But I was tempted to ask if I could, if I could have it done, and my wife loves doing it because... That's a Halloween costume she goes to a lot. So so that was a really cool event. I think that uh, I, I hope to go to more events and even talk to the museum and, and see what other things they, they shine a light on because it was the only event in the area uh, that highlighted that. Now, granted, like I said, the actual um, holiday is on Saturday of this coming week, so we still get a chance to celebrate it ourselves. I did do the parade in the morning, the ISU homecoming parade, and for some reason, I don't know if it's the afternoon guy roll and the morning guy gets the car, but it was raining. I know Neil had a bunch of ponchos when he was out, but Craig Collins was given nothing. I stood out there handing candy to children and following the morning show as they drove around in a vehicle. So that that seemed like a, a fair exchange here. But I, And I also did give a dollar. We did see a sign. Scott had asked people to, to put up a sign, and we got one. So I paid at least one person, I assume, at the next parade, which I don't think Scott's making, the Christmas one. But if you guys want to make signs again for us, I'll give you dollars again. We will buy your fandom one at a time here at WJBC. We're excited about that. Uh, but it was a fun parade. The thing I noticed, though, is uh, does everyone, Neil, you've done this parade several times, does everyone throw candy? Is that the, the role for the parade people? Do we throw it at people? I, You know... I've, right, I've done a couple parades. I, I'm I'm a tosser. I like to toss. I mean, if there's you know some younger, really young kids, right. I'll, I'll maybe come over and, and help them out and hand it. But you know, okay. if it looks like they're they a little can... bit older, I just you know give them a little toss, and then they you know kind of scramble for it, and there you go. And you just keep moving. <laughs> I mean, See, I, I wasn't ready for the forcing people to scramble for it, so I let every single person that I gave candy to at the parade on Saturday pick a piece out of my bag. It slowed up the parade a lot. I, if anyone was wondering why the second half was going slow, it was solely Craig Collins' fault. But I didn't want to, I also didn't want to dictate, like, if you want a different candy than the one I'm throwing you, I'd like for you to have the option to pick it. 
And the most fun part of doing that was noticing which kids are probably harder to parent than other ones. <laughs> because you, you walk up to them and you're like, here, take one piece of candy. And I'm staring at them. Like, I, I am within very close proximity to see if you break the rule that I just recently gave you. And quite a few kids handful of candy and took off. And it was it was awesome. I'm not going to stop you. I, I said one. You took 60. That's fine. That's between now you and, and whoever. But it was just hilarious to watch it. It reminded me of any time I babysit my nephews because Uncle Craig's rules don't count. Dad's rules, my brother's rules, they matter. But when I babysit and I give them a rule, I, I, maybe I'm not doing it strong enough. Maybe I should be like, there's only one piece of candy. But I don't want to scare kids at a parade. That seems wrong. That seems like the wrong approach to this. Well, do you? So are you going to change next parade you're in if you're doing the candy again outside? Are you, are you changing your method? Or are you going? No, I don't want to throw it at people. Okay. I, don't, I, want, I want to give them the chance. I'm just asking Bloomington. And you know what was the funniest part, though? Every so often there was a parent directly behind the kid who broke the rules, and the parents would start yelling at the kid. And then really? I didn't want to be in that situation either. I'm like, no, 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 just he can have six Tootsie Rolls. It's totally fine. Uh, see, that's why I'm a tosser. I don't like to get, you know, just toss it and you can keep going. See, that you're very smart. I involved myself in family fights all, all Saturday. <laughs> but the parade was awesome. And even though there was bad weather, and I think I was told several times that it wasn't the turnout that the parade normally gets, it was still a really great time for me. I'm excited to do it again, hopefully in the future, because... You know, I want to see it when it's wall-to-wall people, but uh, it was a fun time. And you were you were actually tailgating all night, and you went to the football game. I we, we did tailgate. We didn't make it to the game because the weather was that bad. We got over to the tailgate lots probably at about 11 or so, okay. uh, hung out there, and, and tried to <laughs> battle the elements as best we could. And then we finally, probably the 30, 30 minutes before kickoff so i think uh-huh. kickoff was at two so like 130 145 we all kind of looked at each other and we're like do we this really is, want to do this right. like so we we ended up going back to my house i had a lot of people staying with me this past weekend so we went back there hung out out of uh, curiosity yeah. at the point when you were deciding whether or not to go to the game um do you mind telling me how inebriated you guys might have been uh, we had had uh, quite a few beers i by can't that believe point. you didn't yeah. go yeah that's the kind just, of decision the, the weather was so just it i wish okay. it's just crazy it, w- one day from the next i mean yesterday was a beautiful like 60 degrees mm-hmm. sunny day it's like why couldn't we have had that saturday but yeah but a real football fan goes any, true. any, any that temperature is true. That i know what you're doing there and you guys know. had had enough in you you had the liquid courage <laughs> to stay, and you had the very protective ponchos i would by the way you know i much rather would have preferred like if it would have snowed saturday rather sure. than the rain i mean the rain was just brutal yeah just yeah. didn't stop like no that's, let up that's true you get wet you yeah. start to feel like it, it changes your mood a lot to just be wet that is not a fun and then go sit and watch yeah. a whole game we still yeah. had a great time and yeah. we wish we would have went but yeah we, we it was a fun weekend that's so. fine I, I had a great time then the last thing i did on saturday because I, I jam-packed my saturday we went to the first responders charity ball there were guys in studio on friday a firefighter and two cops which i accidentally misidentified in reverse and apparently there's no bigger offense to a firefighter and or a cop to call them the other one because i think it's a playful hatred but they seem to not necessarily respect the the jobs of the other guy uh but they were fun guys we went to the the event that night, and uh, Jason, uh, Jason Patton, who is a firefighter from Florida, got tased live at the event, and he was supposed to get tased at 6 o'clock, but then it got delayed to, like, the last thing in the night because rumors started to swirl that if he had some sort of bad reaction to it, it's the kind of thing you wouldn't want to stay at a party um, hmm. because of, yeah, apparently some things can go wrong. Not like Matt, he would be fine in almost every case, but... Yeah, I don't really want to say what it was that they were worried about happening. Yeah. 
But let's just say that he didn't eat a lot and he didn't drink a lot that evening, uh, just, you know, to keep himself uh, uh, prepared. Sure. Yeah. Um, but he got tased at the end of the night and he started to, to say some disparaging things about the police officer who had him connected via taser. And then the tasing, he got tased like four times by the end of it, which I didn't know. Every time it like went off, we felt worse for this guy. But eventually he popped up and seemed okay. Um, so that was all for a charity. And there's a video of him getting tased, a very brief one, because the cops wanted to share a better one. Apparently they took several. Uh, but there's one at the Craig Collins Show, which is on Facebook. Uh, my Instagram, Craig Collins, has it as well. So you can look there for the video of Jason Patton getting tased as he, as he rips on cops. He is a firefighter from Florida. It was a heck of a weekend. Uh, and then Sunday we did nothing because we did so many things on Saturday that Sunday we decided, I think we went shopping at Fresh Time. I like the Fresh Time, by the way. That's a great been. place. I haven't been to Fresh Time. It's good. They yeah. have a lot of good. I ate a frozen food option from them today for nice. lunch. I know. It was quite, quite enjoyable. Go to Fresh Time and do all those other things I did on Saturday next year because that's what we're promoting here. We're promoting things a year away on the Craig. JBC.com. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm your host, Craig Collins. I wanted to shift gears and talk a little bit about the World Series. Uh, on Friday, I actually feel like kind of uh, a prophet here. I feel uh, like an accidental genius because I think that while saying that I thought that the Nationals were a huge underdog and the Astros were the, the obvious favorite uh, during the World Series, I think I also might have said that after the Nationals had won the first two games of the World Series, that if they won just one more, they had it guaranteed in the bag, and they acted like an underdog all weekend. They lost all three games at home. Houston won all three games. It was uh, kind of incredible to watch, and I think there's been very few times, uh, if any, that a World Series has had every single game on the road, uh, the road team winning. It has happened in baseball from time to time where a, a series goes seven and every game is won on the road. So the Nationals are not out of it, although most people seem to think they are. Uh, they do have a pretty great pitcher throwing tomorrow who uh, should be able to lock things up. And, and Houston going in seemed to be the preemptive favorite, but the Nationals did feel like a team of destiny. Uh, one reason I want to talk about the World Series, though, it was interesting. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, uh, was rumored all week to be going to Sunday's game, and then he actually did show up. And granted, there was also a rumor that he might throw out the first pitch, and I don't know if I believe him or baseball or whoever said it, but someone said in order to not distract from the events of the World Series, he chose not to do it. I think the president was also quoted as saying that he would have to wear body armor if he were to throw out the first pitch at a game. Um, and again, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would prevent himself from distracting from things. But and anyway, he didn't throw out the first pitch. The fans, though, still seem to react quite a bit to him being there. And I know I have the audio somewhere if I can find it. But they chanted, uh, lock him up during the game. I think at one point a impeach Trump logo or impeach Trump um, banner was hung and then quickly removed from the stands. So it was an interesting thing to watch. Uh, going on during a baseball game. And there was actually one other controversy that no one has talked about. It's not a political controversy. And actually, okay, people have. I don't think I've heard anybody here mention it yet. And maybe I just missed that too. Uh, but two Instagram models have been banned forever from attending any baseball game of any kind. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you saw it. The footage quickly went viral on the Internet, which is not shocking at all when you talk about what it is. Uh, but there were two Instagram models who, during Game 5 last night, decided they wanted to help the Nationals by distracting a great Houston uh, Astros pitcher, Garrett Cole. And so Julia Rose 
and her, I think, the brand manager, uh, Lauren Summer. And these are both from a, a online magazine called Shag Mag, which I read online, by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't completely live up to what it sounds like it is. It's supposed to be a magazine covering all kinds of things. Uh, there are some interesting pieces of material on it, but for the most part, it's, it's your regular online magazine giving you, you know, random stories all over the Internet. But these two women, they tried to flash uh, Garrett Cole and distract him. And what I thought was interesting about this whole story is that they shared online the letter they got from base- Baseball Today, and it said, and I quote, During the game, you violated the fan code of conduct by exposing yourselves during the seventh inning in order to promote a business. This is the letter from MLB. Uh, you are hereby banned from all baseball, uh, Major League Baseball stadium and facilities indefinitely. That is a, a strong approach, though. If you're a fan of a team and you really want your guys to win, I think that's, they're probably going just a bit too far trying to guarantee that happens. All right, I got Sanjay Gupta. I got more Craig Collins' show. We're going to talk to Holmes for Hope later on in today's show. Popeyes, I have the official date that the chicken sandwich is back. You'll hear about that. All right. I have two guests in studio that want to promote an event. We were talking off air about an event that um, definitely is nothing gonna is not gonna compare it all to this one. The other event was was not the most heavily attended, but this thing sounds amazing. And this is something we should do on Saturday. Homes of Hope uh, presents the eleventh annual drawdown event. I have two guests in studio with me. I have Holly in studio. Holly, say hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Awesome. How are you? I am well, you know, I'm good. Second week at a new job and it just so happens to be an on-air job where everybody can hear what I'm doing. All your mistakes, I love uh, it. Exactly. <laughs> Holly Phillips, you are the developmental coordinator um, with the Homes of Hope and then you brought in a, a second guest with you, Mandy Novak is here. She's a facility manager at GE Union Park Clubhouse. Hey Mandy, how are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Awesome. Did I get those titles right? Did I hit everything correctly? Yeah, I did. Okay, awesome. Good. See, look at me. I'm just doing check marks on a box. Tickets are 100 bucks, uh, but that includes dinner for two uh, from Hy-Vee. There's desserts. There's This is the most important thing about this event, by the way. The, the third open bar. <laughs> 100 bucks, two people. Open bar. You can do whatever you want, and there's a chance to win a bunch of money all night long, a grand prize of $2,000, and this is the 11th time you guys have done this. Uh, how has the, the response been so far? Are you excited for anything new this year uh, tell me more about this event okay yes this is our largest fundraiser of the year so we count on uh quite a bit of money coming in mm-hmm. we've sold the tickets out for the past five years wow. we have roughly 27 to sell to sell out this year cool. so if you haven't gotten your ticket go ahead and grab it and i'll tell you how to do that a little bit later but let me give you a backstory on who homes of hope actually is just in case you're unfamiliar so we've been around for nearly 25 years and we were started by a group of parents here in bloomington normal who were concerned about um, who was going to take care of their kids their loved ones once they were unable to do so so through countless conversations and tons of community support our first home was opened in 1995 giving four people the chance to live as independently as possible and to f- fulfill their dreams so flash forward to today this is a very very short synopsis of who we are and what we do um but we have six homes now and 23 residents uh, what's unique about us is that we only serve adults who have intellectual disabilities um and um we have co-ed homes so we have all male and all female homes. Mm-hmm. And we're called Asilla, so it's a community integrated living arrangement. We're open 24 hours a day, although we don't have staff members who live there. It's a rotating schedule. Got it. Wow. That amazing event, it sounds like, for a really great cause. Uh, it is at a new venue. That's why we have our second guest in studio with us as well, correct? There is a, it's the first time that it's going to be at the GE Union Clubhouse. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the venue? The venue is off of GE Parkway, or GE 
Road. Mm -hmm. um, and it's owned by the police union. So Bloomington Police Union owns Got it. it. And we just like to sponsor stuff like this because it's important to the community and it gets our name out there and lets yeah. everybody else know, hey, this place is open and available. Well, look, I mean, I like going out on a weekend. I like having fun and partying. It's so much better, though, when you party for a good cause, correct? You that open is correct. the bar, so this is going to be a, a fun event for sure for anyone that attends it. And at the same time, as you're, you're celebrating your Saturday as much as you want to, you're doing it for a really good reason. And you have the chance, which never happens if you just go to some random bar on a Saturday night, to win money in the process. You can win up to $2,000 as a grand prize. And I think you said something important about those prizes. You don't have to attend to win them. That's absolutely correct. You do not have to be present to win the money. And okay. I will tell you a little bit more about the money and the winnings. So 18 people will win $100 bills. Wow. wow. <laughs> so you could get reimbursed for the ticket that you paid for. That's uh, awesome. There will be two $250 winners, one $500 winner, and then the grand prize of $2,000. Mm -hmm. So the thing, too, about the venue, Mandy, is also it's a little bit bigger. So we used to have this event at the Plumber's Hall, which they were amazing. They they really supported us um, very heavily for the past five years. Um, but, I mean, it's a good problem to have. We outgrew the space. So yeah. we had to find a new location. So um, we're pretty excited about GE Union Park. So, um, again, if you haven't gotten your tickets, can I tell them where to get it? Yeah, please go ahead. Great. So you can, go, at this point, I would almost just get them online because the mail, ugh, first come, first serve, <laughs> and, and it's getting close. Yeah. Ah. So I would go to homesofhopeinc.org, and you can go under the Donate Now tab under um, the platform is justgiving.org. So you click on that, um, type in your, your money. If you have a preference, because we only sell 200 tickets. So mm -hmm. if you have a number preference, like they have a lucky number, you can include two or three numbers, and we'll give you the one that's available. If not, nice. well, you'll be assigned a number. Um, and then just put drawdown in the memo so we know what it's for. Cool. That sounds like a heck of an event. Uh, is there anything else that we should know about it, the food that's served, the desserts that are going to be there, anything else you want to mention about uh, what people can expect on Saturday if they go? I mean, just fun. Just fun. Just a really fun. good Blast. time. And again, I can't stress this enough. Open bar. Open bar to Saturday Gambling. Night. Right. Gambling. Who doesn't want to come? Right. <laughs> I want to go now. Can we start it now? I would. <laughs> see, a week-long event. We're oh, down. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. The fundraiser would be amazing. <laughs> Our livers might be destroyed, but it would be a great event for a really good, good cause. cause. Right. Yeah. You don't want to go out and just party for no reason. Uh, so this Saturday, get on out to Homes of Hope. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me in studio. I'm sure we'll be talking about more about this all week here, um, but we'll be coming back thank in just you. a minute. Yep, thank you for joining me. Uh, I went ahead and put a video up of me detangling my headphone cable from the bottom of this chair. I chose to sat down. I s stood up all last week doing the show, so chair issues did not become a problem. And somehow, the first day I sit down, my cable, my headphone thing gets so tied up that it, like, rips off my head uh, Neil, did you say anything to me last segment? Uh, no, I, I saw you kind of flailing around in okay. there. But I, no, I heard you say you got uh, tangled so, up, so I, I did briefly give a few chuckles, but then I didn't say anything because I, I knew you couldn't hear me. Okay, got it. So you just laughed at me from afar is what yeah, you did. Yeah, a little bit. Because you're through a window, so it kind of you felt like you were at the zoo for a day, <laughs> and, and one of the animals got on. loose. Yeah. I know. I can't believe... By the way, that, like I said, that video is up. You can find it at Craig Collins Show on Facebook. I have basketball tickets to give away, too. I'll do that later on today in the show. Uh, you can win them one of two ways. I'm going to let people who like my show on Facebook or like WJBC on Facebook win the tickets. Or if we don't get enough contestants that way, we'll go ahead and just take a phone call, and I'll let anyone on Facebook know uh, when to call in. Uh, but we'll take that at the end of the show to give away basketball tickets for uh, this coming weekend. That's pretty fun. By the way, one more time, the keyword of the day is HAPPY, and that's H-A-P-P-Y. Text it to 95819.
Um, we just have a few more minutes here on the Craig Collins Show. I wanted to let everyone know that one of the most trusted names in all of the world right now, Facebook, of course, very trusted, right? Neil, you trust them with anything. Oh, of course. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything negative. Have you heard anything negative? Uh, Has it been in the news at all? Not that I okay, can. Okay, that's no. what I thought. They want to get into the medical advice industry. They want to start throwing out medical advice for anyone. Right now, their preventative health feature will really only do a couple things, so it won't dive too deep. We're not talking a WebMD situation yet here, but they're going to launch a new tool that allows you to put in your sex and your age and it'll tell you what kinds of tests maybe you should consider having, uh, depending on that. They, they will focus predominantly on, on heart health, uh, but they'll go ahead and tell you what screenings are recommended. Uh, they'll, they'll probably recommend you get a flu shot, too, here. But it won't be too invasive, not too many crazy things yet, but Facebook would like to slowly roll this out. It's just surreal to me. Do they are they aware of public perception? On um, do you think Mark Zuckerberg is is completely aware of how people perceive? I mean, we're all on it still. I guess a lot of people haven't, you know, jumped ship in that regard. But I don't think that's the place I want to go for medical advice in today's day and age. No. Okay. I, I mean, I I do I do go on a WebMD. Oh, do you? Well, I mean, I, I'll so look you've at beaten it cancer six times so far yeah. this week. Well, is that what's happened? Yeah, yeah. Every time, every time I go on there, it's something really, really terrible. Right. Yeah. My girl, my girlfriend goes on it all the time for Why? just about. I don't know, like any. Okay. There's any minor issue with anything, whether it be her or I. She's okay. See, that's what I was wondering. She's if going she, on the WebMD. See, I was wondering if she did it for you because one of the things about doing it for yourself is okay. If you want to freak yourself out, that's fine. But every time you complain about an illness. She researches immediately and then tells you to get like a screening. Is that does well, she? Well, she just well, she likes to look it up. She doesn't go to the extreme and say, "Oh, you need to." But she'll be like, "Oh, okay. maybe it's this or that." But then, okay. but then I learn and I teach myself. Maybe I just shouldn't complain <laughs> about like little things, like, "Oh, I'm my hips so sore from you know." And it's probably because I you know actually worked out for the first time in forever, or yeah. you know, like even for when we had our turkey bowl event a couple weeks ago here, you at the injured station, yourself bowling. Yeah, well, it wasn't even injured. I was my left. I'm a lefty, so my left forearm was sore and i couldn't for the life of me on monday Hold i'm like on. what is what is wrong I'm, and i'm like you know what it was from bowling <laughs> i'm piecing all these things together now because you did come in in the office and mention that you were you were you know injured or you, you yeah. said tired i guess i wonder if maybe this is just like a a genius move by your girlfriend she doesn't want you to worry about your illnesses and things so she overdoes it with the webmd to get you to stop complaining maybe, maybe it is a genius stroke and one that i probably need to have worked on me I always complain about any like illness I have to the wife, and now we're giving her great advice. Go on at WebMD and tell me that it's cancer, and I'm just going to stop talking. Right. Okay, fine. Honey, I'm sorry. I'll get over this soon. That is awesome. That is a really good approach to that. Yeah, she does. Maybe that is that. I, I yeah. never really thought about it like I think that. I think she's just you know crazy like a fox is what this <laughs> is here. Uh, by the way, I have Christmas news. Is it too early for Christmas news? It might snow in a couple days, so I don't know if, if Christmas news is is right in october halloween hasn't happened yet thanksgiving hasn't happened yet but there's christmas stories out there already i'm going to hit that in the next hour i've got an awesome guest deb carter is is going to call in to talk about the cannabis task force uh that just completed their work last week obviously that's a big deal here in uh in bloomington and then one other thing the government will not change halloween so anyone pushing for that that has not worked out but people don't care they have a new solution to the problem of having halloween on a weekday 
Uh, did you see a lot of that, Neil, that people were upset whenever Halloween falls on a weekday? I, it's yeah, difficult. I, I did see that. It's hard to trick-or-treat. It's hard to get the kids. They would like it to be moved officially to weekends. My birthday is Halloween, so I'm very really? anti. Yes, I'm very oh. anti that changing. Um, but there is a new plan for the people that would like to celebrate the holiday on Saturday every year uh, that I'll talk about later on today. And then a sinkhole has struck. And if anyone listens to the show moving forward, you'll know that I have an, a, a ridiculous fear of sinkholes. I don't think they're a WebMD thing. Can I can I Google that on the MD? I don't think okay. you can, yeah. Uh, this is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm excited to welcome my next guest to the program. I have Deb Carter on. Deb, you were part of the Bloomington Task Force that looked at cannabis and how to handle cannabis legalization, which is happening uh, in the state. Uh, Deb, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. Yes, I was part of that task force, and I would like to say it was really an honor and a privilege to be a part of that, and the amount of work and the very small amount of time that everyone did, the unbiased and thorough research was amazing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, for anyone that's not familiar with what you guys uh, did, and I believe your work was just completed this past week, but talk a little bit about more about what the objective was of the task force and what maybe the conclusion was. Well, the objectives of the task force were just to research what we could about uh, having a legal recreational dispensary in Bloomington, the pros and cons of that. We had uh, three choices, as we saw it, to opt in uh, and allow it, opt out, wait and see, and then possibly come back at a further time. Got it. Or opt out completely and what uh, the majority of the task force after we had done our research uh, concluded was that we should allow recreational dispensary with restrictions and that would be the zoning and that would be uh, done uh, as more action by the city council with public forum participation sure and i believe that that zoning conversation is taking place now it's taking place this week so so zoning is uh where the conversation is moving but uh, what i thought was interesting when i read about the the conclusions coming from from your group was your your uh day job you are an addiction therapist uh you had concluded with some of the other people that um, you know, uh, working toward uh, allowing the dispensaries and stuff made made more sense. And I, I do wonder, since your your role as an addiction therapist would would allow you to to connect with people who struggle with all kinds, certainly not uh, just cannabis, but all kinds of different uh, things. And I know one of the biggest concerns, maybe for people that wanted to um, prevent a dispensary from being in Bloomington, uh, was any sort of fear that this might enhance addiction or might enhance. Uh, drug use, those kind of things. So I, I'm thrilled to have you on to talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I guess my first question for you in that regard is, in your experience, have you worked with a lot of people as an addiction therapist who were addicted solely to cannabis? Actually, when um, we do a assessment, uh, we usually find that the vast majority of people that are addicted to a substance are addicted to something else. Cannabis addiction uh, cannabis use disorder, let's call it that, is um, usually either a secondary or a tertiary uh, finding. So um, I've been in the addiction field and off and on uh, working with people uh, directly since 1996. 
And I will tell you, and this is just my anecdotal and experiential knowledge, I have personally only had one person in all that time whose main and only diagnosis was cannabis use disorder severe. What were uh, that one patient's um, risks or anything? Did I, I guess I'm also curious, and I don't know if you can tell us this, if the patient uh, wound up getting over the addiction, but um, what were some of the biggest concerns in that one case? Uh, the, well, this is a 19-year-old, and he was actually uh, a college student, and he was using cannabis every hour on the hour. Got it. And... Um, that would be cannabis use severe. Sure. Uh, this is this was actually the first time I had seen a cannabis withdrawal, which was um, he actually went through episodes of insomnia and uh, anxiety off and on. It lasted for about ten days. But this is a young man that also had a uh, co-occurring diagnosis of OCD, so that's obsessive-compulsive disorder. So he was actually smoking at one point, getting up and smoking cannabis every hour on the hour, 24-7. Okay. Uh, and then the people that you said that you've treated that had uh, cannabis as a secondary or even a, a third mm-hmm. type of, um, what were some of their risk factors, some of the things going on in some of those cases, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of that? Uh those risk factors were their primary diagnosis. For example, um, opioid addiction, um, benzodiazepine, alcohol abuse, cocaine. Wow. Cannabis disorder usually goes in conjunction with some of the other uh, use disorders sure. along that line. So in your professional opinion, do you think then having a dispensary, allowing um, cannabis to be used recreationally, legally, are we at risk of, of enhancing uh, addictive behavior? Are we at risk of, of having people maybe use it as a gateway drug to become addicted to other things? Oh, that's a very packed question. <laughs> <laughs> can, right, take can it in any pieces. Sure, as, as much as you want, Deb, please. Okay. Um, you know, my personal opinion is I totally believe in abstinence. And my feeling is abstinence is wonderful and in an ideal world everyone could abstain that has an issue and live happy healthy lives sure. uh, unfortunately abstinence does not work for everyone and we have er's and treatment centers and frankly cemeteries full of people that have failed in their attempts and uh what my belief is which is frankly not uh, mainstream with treatment facilities or the recovery community in general is that now we have evolved to the point that we are doing um, what's called MAT, medically assisted treatment, for those addicted to its like opiates. Um, what it is is very similar to using methadone for heroin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens is it's called harm reduction. And when it's done, it's utilized another pharmaceutical to take the place of what you are addicted to, stepping it down. That involves pharmaceuticals, doctor uh, oversight, and uh, basically specific treatment. Um, Now, harm reduction, I believe, can also be done with cannabis. And frankly, uh, 
you know, we talked about, you said something about cannabis being a gateway drug. Sure. Uh, there are many, many people in this community, and my informal poll, basically, because I've been a resident for over 40 years, I would guess between 30 to 40 percent of our uh, Bloomington adult population utilize cannabis. Wow. We don't know it because uh, it's stigmatized and there are, it does not have the social norm that alcohol does, and frankly, it's been illegal. Uh, whether we believe in legalized cannabis or not, it's going to be here. January first, <laughs> it's going to be right. here, yes. and so my, uh, you know, all these people that are utilizing it now are buying it on the black market, and they're basically buying something that they are using not necessarily for recreation, but people that can't get medical cards for medical marijuana use, they're using it to treat things such as their anxiety, their PTSD mm -hmm. symptoms, uh, like Crohn's, uh, neuropathy. So uh, to have a legal, regulated dispensary, these people can go in and actually purchase something that they need for their particular usage needs yeah. and complaint. Absolutely. Um, as far as a gateway drug, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because personally, you know, historically it has been, especially since the war on drugs, referred to cannabis as been a gateway drug. I mean, I saw a lot yeah. of D.A.R.E. documentaries in school as a kid, and I know yeah. that you, you smoke cannabis once and you're going to be, you know, absolutely. doing heroin the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And as a child of the 60s, we all laugh at <laughs> Reaper Madness. But I will tell you this, I have always, as I've got a master's in sociology as well as social work, mm -hmm. uh, wondered why there has not been the emphasis on alcohol as a gateway drug, because wow. it is far as common yeah. to use alcohol as far as uh, underage and teenagers than it is uh just as much as cannabis, yeah. and it's far easier to get a lot of the time. For sure. I, I don't recall if we actually had part of that conversation off the air when I was talking to you today or, or if you mentioned mm -hmm. that just now, but um, you said a lot of the cases that you treated alcohol was a component um, in the addictive behavior. Absolutely. And certainly, um, and I think, uh, I, I hope it's okay to mention it here, I think you actually lost uh, patients that had an addiction to, to I alcohol. I have lost many patients. Correct. Um, to alcohol addiction. Yeah. Um, what people don't realize is alcohol addiction is, is there's been voluminous research on uh, the physiological detriments. It's a toxin, it's a poison in our body, and um, most of the public doesn't understand alcohol withdrawal is more than just DTs. Sure. There is a high risk of vomiting, aspiration, asphyxiation, seizures, and death. Sure. Uh, and I, I do want I do want to jump in for one quick second because I don't want anyone to sound yeah. to make it sound like Craig Collins and the Craig Collins show is saying don't drink because I will talk right, about drinking right. on this very program. Um, but you Absolutely. know it's interesting to compare those two things because alcohol is something that no one is debating anymore whether or not it should be legal. So when you talk about some of the the risks and some of the you know negative things that can occur from people abusing 
uh, something that widely agreed should be legal. Uh, it's interesting to then compare it to, and I, I asked you this before, and it's a counterfactual is what Milt Rosenberg used to call them at WGN yeah. uh, when I worked for him. Uh-huh. But if, if all this time pot had been the legal drug, because they are both drugs, I guess, and alcohol had yes, not they been, are. Absolutely. I do wonder mm-hmm. if the conversation today would be much more challenging when you listed the the side effects of being addicted to alcohol as opposed to, to marijuana, as opposed to cannabis, um, what, you know, if it'd be as easy to get to the point we're getting to now with, mar- and certainly it's not an agreed upon thing, but but we're inching toward legalization, I think, because cannabis has so few um, negative side effects when compared to alcohol. I think there's certainly Correct. still quite a few uh, side effects that I'm not saying it's, you know, um, absent of those things, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Uh, it if, is, and I will tell you this, I have never seen someone that has uh, used cannabis uh, be in the ICU, hallucinating, desperate to use again, and pulling out their IV and cords and sure. leaving against staff advice so they can go use again. I wow. have seen that many times with alcohol. Well, I thank you so much for joining me, Deb. I have to run because I'm way late for commercials, but I I think it's a fascinating conversation and one that obviously we'll continue to talk about um, uh, as this continues to roll out as we get closer to January. And I might even have you back on if we start hearing that people are afraid again. Uh, But thank you so much for joining me, Deb. All right. Yep. Uh, All right. Thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate you letting me uh, speak my mind and air my opinion. Of course. Exactly. This is Kanye West's new album. This is the Craig Collins Show. Hold on, we'll get it. It's going to hit in a second. Close on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. Close on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. That's right. Kanye West has put out a brand new album. He actually steers quite a bit into uh, Christian music in this one. He's still doing his regular thing. There's still a lot of rapping, a lot of hip-hop uh, represented on it. There's a lot of uh, choir stuff, a lot of like big gospel um, pieces and it's actually a relatively short album. Um, so I, I've read a lot of stuff. I actually listened to it all day preparing for the show today because I was curious about it. Um, and it actually connects to a different story that I had found last week that I kind of wanted to talk about and kind of didn't want to bring up. But now because of uh, the way people are reacting to Jesus is King, Kanye West's new album, um, I feel like maybe these these things are connected. And I'll get there in a second. But first, uh, just reactions to uh, Kanye's new thing. Um, it's it's really a shorter album compared to a lot of other albums. Um, some of the stuff I've read, especially from Pitchfork, says it's the same old Kanye. The message is just different. Um, so he seems to be at a point in his life where he's connecting with his religion. And because of that, the you know message he wants to send out into the world. And obviously, I think a lot of people have heard of this. Maybe you haven't. He's been doing these Sunday services with other rappers, other uh, entertainers, where he lets a whole bunch of people show up for free. And they essentially get a concert with a, a lot of music geared toward worship. Um, you know, that's uh, a big part of his Sunday uh, services that he's been doing. And they've been wildly popular. Uh, and what's interesting to me about it is not necessarily judging the music for what it is, but the reaction to uh, the religion of it. And actually, it's funny. Um, I started here a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things... Uh, was mentioned to me not to talk about on the air was religion. Hey, don't bring up religion. It's probably a, a topic that and it's, I'm not saying they said I can't. They're just saying it's it's one where you can step into um, <laughs> a problem quickly. But I'm going to I'm going to try. Uh, I'm Catholic Craig, as I've been known in other radio shows I've been on. 
I was a born and raised Catholic, so it's interesting to hear Kanye West sing a lot of music that's in line with some of the stuff I was I was raised to believe in. Um, I don't practice quite as much as I should. My wife, who is Mexican and deeply Catholic, because that's a thing in her country, uh, we go to Mass every Sunday, and she'd like me to, to worship more. So maybe Kanye's album um, will help connect more people to, to religion. I don't know. And, and would that be uh, such a bad thing? I'm not saying that they'd have to follow, uh, you know, worshiping Jesus or worshiping the religion that, that Kanye is is connected to Christianity or whatever, you know, um, other things are represented within this album. But uh, it's an interesting thing to think of a person so high profile, but yet so ridiculously good at being in the news for all kinds of controversial reasons, um, whether it's his his vocal, vocal support of the president, his appearing on Saturday Night Live and and, you know, having the curtain kind of closed on him. There's a lot of things that happen with Kanye. He's called himself a genius a lot more times than maybe people should. Uh, South Park, among other people, have made fun of him for his lack of um, humility, I think is the right way to call that. Um, but it's it's interesting. And actually, so here we go, the transition I'd like to make, and uh, it might get uncomfortable, but we're going to see. Um, I saw this story last week that nearly a third of Jewish Americans don't want to identify by their religion. They They avoid it. They don't wear anything that would identify them as being Jewish because they're afraid, and this is from the survey, of public uh, threats of anti-Semitism, according to a poll uh, last week. This was a study by the American Jewish Coalition that found that 31% of respondents had avoided wearing anything, carrying anything, displaying anything, or even verbally identifying uh, by their religion. And I know that a lot of us now tiptoe with the religion conversation, and I don't entirely know why. Um, and the reason I'd say that is because most religions that I've experienced don't seem to teach that you should judge people for not being religious. So say someone of Catholic faith or Christian faith or Jewish faith or whatever faith it is encounters someone who is not of faith, the people of faith are kind of taught not to treat them poorly for that. So it's an interesting one to me that's such a sensitive topic. Um, and I wonder if maybe people would want to call in today or people would want to text the show and give me your opinions of why, among all the other things out there that, that get us all in these separate corners where we're arguing and shouting and yelling and having terrible Thanksgiving family events together or whatever it is, why has religion fallen into that category so substantially? I saw a story as well last week at ISU that the um, religious groups are struggling to get members like they used to in the past. Uh, they have the, you know, youth events that they do at colleges, and they used to be, according to the person quoted, and I shouldn't misquote this, I should make sure to get it right, but I'm paraphrasing that those events used to be a place where, where college students would meet each other, they'd be kind of a thing to do on campus, and now they're very sparsely attended things. Um, and I'm not telling you what religion to be or to be a religion at all. Um, I'm just wondering why that is one of the, the hot-button issues of today. You can text me. Five one eight seven nine. Give me your impression of the Kanye album if you've heard it. Give me your impression of of why people you know can't handle a religion conversation. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe just tell me that that's not true. That people can. Or call us right here at WJBC eight two nine two three four five. I'd love to hear from you. And that can be the question of the day. I want to do this new thing on the Craig Collins show where I ask you a question of the day, and the entire time I'm on the air, you can text our hotline. 51879 with answers, and I'll try to get to them as many times throughout the day as I can. 
But uh, my question to you, with Kanye West kind of being the trigger here and his new album, Jesus is King, why is religion one of our biggest hot-button issues when it comes to just conversing uh, with each other? More Craig Collins show next. I promise we're not talking about that all day. Uh, I actually have some funny audio from an 11-year-old whose parents told her that she was having a little sister, and she had a really big question. Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Welcome back. Uh, I just asked the question of the day on the Craig Collins Show. My question is, why is religion such a hot-button issue? I know. I'm going big. I'm going big early. Probably we'll get sillier questions throughout the week, like should Neil and I have our faces painted in studio in in celebration of Dia de los Muertos Day? But today, the question is, uh, why has religion become such a hot-button issue? Why is it so difficult for people to talk about? Uh, this is in response to Kanye West's new album, which is certainly Christian, um, and a story I saw about uh, the Jewish faith and people of the Jewish faith who um, are reluctant in um, identifying themselves as such. Text me, 51879, 51879, with your answer. I'll read it throughout the day, and maybe I'll give away tickets that way. Maybe the basketball tickets will go to you know anyone who answers that question. Uh, and you, I don't care what your answer is. I'm not going to judge one answer to another. But if you text me at 51879 and just give me an answer to that question, you're entered to win basketball tickets for this weekend uh, for the ISU game. All right, moving on. There is a story that I thought was pretty cool. And uh, often, and I don't hate admitting this, when someone wins the lottery, when you hear about a lottery winner and see them on TV, I get a little jealous. I do. I play the lottery, but only when it gets to insanely high numbers, only when it's that ridiculously big jackpot that I really, really want to win. Do I get in there and someone eventually wins it and you see him on TV and you can't help but be jealous. But I'm not jealous at all of this man out of North Carolina who won because I think it's appropriate. He deserved to win. There is a man out of North Carolina who is battling cancer who was going to his last day of chemo for colon cancer. He was going to his last day of treatment. He swung by a a local shop and grabbed a scratch-off ticket. Um, And on his way to treatment found out that he had won $200,000, $200,000. This guy obviously is probably emotionally all over the place with the, the fight that he's having and the fact that he's going to conclude something and, and hopefully obviously start to feel better. And then, boom, you win $200,000, which I'm sure can't come at a better time for a guy uh, going through an issue like that because we all know that medically those kind of things are not exactly cheap. So it was just surreal to read this story today, um, to hear about Ronnie Foster, who is from North Carolina. And, uh, you know, way to go. He said that winning this made it my lucky day. That is a a guy fighting cancer who said that he can have the perspective to say, man, how lucky am I to win a lottery today? That's awesome. And I just wanted to highlight that. Ronnie, you deserve all 200,000. I hope you win a Powerball. I really hope you keep winning, bud. More Craig Collins show next. We have a lot of things to cover after another break here, including how long does it take someone to judge your home? WJBC. The most professional show on all of radio, uh, the Craig Collins show on WJBC. Uh, By the way, this half hour is sponsored by Staples. Staples. Staples gives your business more for less. At Staples, you'll find the latest tech to help you work smarter, not harder. And right now, save up uh, to $200 on select printers, staples for your business printing and beyond. It ends November 2nd, 19. While supplies last, exclusions apply. I think I only have like a minute to get to this. I do have audio that I really like today. Uh, It is audio out of the UK. Um, A little girl, an 11-year-old girl, uh, her mom and dad asked her to sit down because they had big news for her. 
they wanted to tell her that she was going to have a baby sister. She was going to be a big a big sister uh, to a new baby girl. And she immediately turned to the one question that I guess we underestimate a kid having in this situation. And here, let me try real quick to get it in. We might have stuff. And here comes the question. She jumped off her mom's lap and she said, you have sex. When you went away. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I have an awesome guest on the phone. He is an award-winning podcaster. He is an intelligent person who tells you how to be more intelligent every single day. Uh, right? The podcast is a short 10-minute thing that you can hear daily, Cody, and it will tell you a few things that make you smarter. 10 minutes a day. Who doesn't have 10 minutes a day, Craig? I do. I always have 10 minutes for your show. I've been listening all week. Well, last week. I haven't listened you to it. You're too kind. You're too kind. I'm assuming today's show is just as good. I have a bunch of questions about the stuff that I learned from the Curiosity podcast last week. But first, for anyone that's not somehow listening to this, uh, describe what it is and what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, Curiosity Daily is the name of the show from Curiosity.com. Not to be confused with Curiosity Stream, but you know what? Either way, you go to Curiosity.com. Uh, I won't be upset no matter who you think we are. <laughs> uh, but Curiosity Daily... It's 10 minutes a day. We use three stories just about whatever from the world of, like, science and technology. And, like, I know the science word and the educational word kind of scare some people away. Mm -hmm. But, like, we tell you why a cool thing happened, like a cool new study, and, like, why you should care and, like, why it's a big deal. And, uh, and you'll learn a lot of stuff. I mean, you'll learn, like, how to hack your sleep so you can sleep better. You'll learn right. how to be more productive at work, all this stuff. I mean, there's an interview with Alan Alda from last week. There was kind of a bonus thing that was very cool about his science advocacy. One thing I wanted to ask you about that I learned last week, why do so many people have an urge to nibble on babies' feet? That is apparently normal. Why do we all have that urge? I don't have it. I don't think you have it, but apparently a lot of people do. Apparently, yeah, evidently, I don't spend a lot of time around babies, but I've heard this is a thing. So there's a there's a thing in psychology called dimorphous expression. Sure. Have you ever like Craig, have you ever been crying or something and you start to laugh at the same time? <laughs> All day, every day. I just started a new radio show. Okay, so when you're crying yourself to sleep at night, uh -huh. we've all been there, right? Like we've all had moments where we're feeling one intense emotion and then another one kind of bubbles up. Well, the theory that scientists have is that, like, that's our body's way of basically kind of controlling it so we don't go totally off the rails. And that especially happens with babies because, like, babies are really cute, right? And if we're just, like, obsessed with how adorable they are all day, all the time, we're never going to get anything done. We're not going to go hunt and gather food. We're not going to feed them. We're not going to, you know, put on Disney Plus for them or whatever. Like, you know, none of that's going to happen. So, so it's basically, like... It's evolution's way of having us, like, pull back, and it kind of mixes up our emotions a little bit. So, like, wow. we see a baby, and we're like, that's really cute, and we also love food, and you just want to nibble those little feet up, but you don't because you're not a cannibal. <laughs> and, uh, so that's, and so then you realize that's that it's, well, that's, that's such a weird way of us to censor ourselves then. We have a weird thought pop in our brains to make us pull back on the cuteness of a child because now apparently we have an urge to nibble their feet. Uh, well, how can we catch somebody in a lie? That's another thing that we learned last week from your show. Yeah, catching somebody in a lie. Man, this has been such a hot topic just because of all the news lately. You know, I saw some prosecutor tweet something about, like, 
uh, some some political pundit said something on I don't know CNN, and they looked down into the right, and they were like, "Oh, that person looked down into the right." <laughs> and I learned when I was learning to be a prosecutor that that means they're lying. No, that's a pseudoscience. That's not true. Okay, that there is no actual fact behind that. And and honestly, we don't really like technology hasn't really solved the problem of people being caught in lies yet. Like it's just not a thing. Polygraphs basically measure. You know, stuff like your heart rate, in, in which supposedly will increase while, you know, you're experiencing anxiety. But, like, some people are really good liars, and they're not going to experience that feeling. And other people are really just get nervous all the time. So they're going to look like they're lying no matter what they say. So, like, you know, that's why polygraph tests aren't, aren't really great. You know, if you want to catch somebody in a lie, the best way to do it is to go low-tech and straight up just ask a lot of questions and listen to the answers. Oh, so you just know, trick uh, if you're wondering where your kid your kids went last night, you think your kids snuck out. Oh, oh, what did you do last night? Oh, I did this. Well, what video game were you playing? Oh, okay. Well, were you playing with your friends? You know, just like keep drilling deeper because it'll have to make up more and more facts, and then that's how you catch them in a lie. Wow. So you essentially play detective like a cop, and you then go back and check their story with their sources to see if they're. That's that's awesome. I, I thought that it was true. If you looked up into the left, that it was coming out of the creative part of your brain. That's not, you're telling me I'm all wrong. <laughs> these things, these things are wrong. Even, there's even a training, uh, the micro expressions training tool or MET. Uh, if you've, like, like if you worked for the TSA, you may have learned this. The MET is actually a training strategy that supposedly teaches humans to detect liars. Well, in scientific settings, um, yeah, the rate of finding actual liars using that is no greater than chance. Wow. So it's just totally bogus, like placebo training. I mean, yes, some people have tells, and and there there are probably a couple of things out there that that can give it away a little bit. But like, for the most part, really, research shows and like studies of a bunch of people trying this show that the best thing to do is just ask a lot of questions, listen to the answers, and see how specific they are. These are the kind of things you will learn from the Curiosity Daily Podcast. You can subscribe on all the different podcast places. And if you happen to be a smart uh, technology person and a smart speaker person, you can do what I do. Just add it to your Alexa news briefing, and it will tell you. You'll hear Cody's voice when you wake up for 10 minutes each day while you're having coffee, and you'll learn a few, a few really cool things. Cody, you're a smart guy. I want to ask you a couple questions that you're not expecting. I just want to throw two things out you before I let you go um, because – this is something that I had teased earlier in the show today, and I don't know where you fall on it. Uh, there's a lot of debate as to when Halloween should be. People feel like it should be on a Saturday all the time. Uh, you and I have been friends for a little while. I think you know that Halloween is my birthday, so I'm anti that move uh, completely. But apparently there's a new change.org petition asking to celebrate a national trick-or-treat day on the first Saturday in November or the last Saturday in October, one or the other, each year, so Halloween stays on the 31st, and then we get this crappy National Trick or Treat Day. I want your take on that story. I mean, look, the Saturday before Halloween, you know, was this year was was what a couple of days ago, right? Yep. Well, if you were in Chicago, uh, the entire city was pretty much underwater. <laughs> we, I don't think it's rained that hard in years and years and years, and it's like. Why Why is the one day of the year that's dedicated to letting kids walk around and get candy, why is that day, 
like literally when winter is pretty much started. Right. That doesn't seem to make any sense. Like if I if I want to, you know, if I'm, not, if I'm not older and I'm hitting the bars and you know I want to wear a sexy cat costume, which <laughs> obviously is my go-to costume. I got you. Know, you. I, I I'd like to not have to wear a coat over that. I don't yeah. know. It's, the whole timing is off. Right. Uh, your wife Casey, does she respond well to the sexy cat costume when you throw it on? She loves the sexy cat costume. Okay. It went over okay. really well. I don't have any uh, more. Qu- yeah. Nope. I, uh, we can stop. I don't have any more questions. I don't want any more information about that. Uh, real quick, too. I asked this. This is the question of the day, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I want more people to text in, though, and answer this question for us. It is how you're going to win ISU tickets. That's how I'm giving them away today. Rose Margarita is our only person so far that's texted in. She says that the reason it's tough to talk about religion is people, you know, just want to be. They don't think religion is relevant. They just want to be a little safer. So thank you, Rose, for texting that in. Cody, why is it hard to talk about religion? Why is it hard to talk about religion? You know, I've written about so much psychology and all that stuff. I could probably write you an essay. I could write you like a four-page paper. I want it. Condensing that into a text. I know you do, Craig, but like I can't text that, or at least if I did my thumbs Just a real, but just something. Like, why? Why? I, well, then text me a novel. I'm okay with it. Send me everything. you. That's how you win ISU tickets, people. <laughs> you get ISU tickets this Saturday. They are playing Belmont on the 6th. Uh, I have two tickets to give away. And I, you can just tell me I prefer not to answer your crazy question, Craig, but I still want the tickets, I guess, if that's what you're – are you pleading the fifth, Cody? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, no one likes to feel like they're wrong, right? Yeah, true. We all grew up believing Ooh. whatever it is. And, and it could be it could be even – even you're just talking about like a celebrity, your favorite celebrity. You know, then suddenly your favorite comedian growing up turns out to be some weird creepo or – whatever it is like you even when facts are put right in front of you that are like very tangible no one likes to feel like you know they've, they've had somebody put one under over them or whatever like you know everyone wants to feel right and, and with religion it's the same thing like it's hard to prove certain things about religion um in a way that is like, universal and, and when people disagree with you and they argue with you like, that's you know an excellent point no one wants to be wrong and so maybe we feel like uh we're edging out into a, a set of waters where someone's got to be wrong at some point that's that's great cody you are the host of the curiosity daily podcast check it out <laughs> cody goff thank you so much for joining us and answering my question uh i hope to do this more with Good you man, i hope this Craig. is a regular segment and i'm gonna have really great questions for you every week uh so get excited bud <laughs> Please get more ready. And really quick, uh, I totally respect and love religion and grew up Catholic and all that stuff. Like, I, I have nothing against it. Just because we talk science doesn't mean that I'm not, like, a faithful kind of dude. So we, I, got I you. never knock religion. That's but fine. It's hard to talk about. The most religious scientist ever. I can't wait to hang out with you on Halloween. You're going as, as some sort of religious figure, I think. I think that's your costume. I'm not going to make a joke beyond that. That's actually cute. What, what were you going to say? What? <laughs> I was going to say, a sexy cat, I don't know how religious that is, but you know there's a lot of kind of people out there. Who knows? There you go. You never know what religion a sexy cat could be a part of. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We ask you important questions like, why can't people talk about religion anymore? Uh, which is a question that you can text me the answer to if you have one and you'd get to potentially win basketball tickets. The text net number is 51879. Uh, here's another very difficult question for you. What chicken nugget shape is best? What is the ideal shape of chicken nugget? There are four options for you. There is the ball shape, which is that perfect circle. There is the bell shape, which is sort of that little extra bit on the top that makes it look more like a bell. There is the bone shape, 
which to me looks more like a square and a lot less like a circle, but it's still sort of perfect in its, its rectangleness. And then, of course, the boot, which is the shape with the little shoe kicking out, which chicken nugget is the best. And, of course, you can go custom if you want to, too. Dinosaurs is a perfect answer to this question. There's several different ones that are cookie-cuttered out as well. Uh, but go ahead and answer either question. Why is religion difficult to talk about? And which chicken nugget shape is best? To 51879. I'll take either answer. And you're entered to win a chance at the basketball tickets. And I'm giving them out in like, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So, you know, text in now and let me know what you think. What's your favorite chicken nugget shape? Or, uh, by the way, should I give out the answer yet? Because there was a survey and 36% of people agreed that a certain one of those four was ideal. But maybe I wait till the end of the show. So that's coming up in a few minutes. Ideal chicken nugget shape. Uh, how long do you think it takes someone to judge your house? Someone new, the first time they come over, how long do you think before they decide? Um, and what do you think they're also looking at when they're judging your house? A new survey identified some of the top things. Uh, not surprising, number one on the list is smell. Number two is temperature. Number three is whether or not you vacuumed, especially if you have carpets, uh, which is an interesting one. Without my wife being the super cleaner that she is, I'm not sure that my house would be vacuumed anywhere near as much as it is or, or swept anywhere near as much as she mops. She honestly like gets a mop bucket once a week and mops all the wood floors. And maybe I'm surprised by that and no one else is because that's a normal thing to do. But my wife is a small person and she fills up a very large bucket of, of soapy water and mops our entire house. And each week I tell her, I'll do it, I'll do it. And she doesn't think I do it right. So uh, I don't have to mop the house, which thank you, Betty, for doing that. If you're listening, Betty, you're awesome. Some of the other things on this list, I can do them Casey Kasem style. So number 10, how dusty it is. People notice that often. The color of the walls is number nine that people notice a lot. Whether your furniture looks like it's worn out or new. Uh, maybe if they notice whether it's Ikea furniture. Uh, what books you have on display. If you have dirty windows is number six. If there are dirty dishes in the sink. Which, what is the rule for dirty dishes? Neil, have you guys worked out a rule in your house for how long a dish can stay dirty? No, we haven't really, but... On on average, who is the dish doer? Is there? Is it I both think it's of pretty evenly split. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you think that a dish twenty four hours is too many hours? It's that's getting a little long. All right. Uh, what if it's been soaking? What if it's uh, soaked? I mean, obviously you're different. soaking some of the stuff. Are you guys? Do you have a dish washing machine or yes, are you by? We have, okay. we have a machine. Yeah, we do it by hand. We have a machine, but uh, uh, we, my wife and I, together believe that the dishwasher wastes water. That is not a thing oh. that I'm telling you because I've been told to say it several times because my wife really thinks it, and I just listen to her. That's not what this is. This is for sure a thing that I think as much as she thinks. So that's why we don't use the dishwasher. Okay. Right. It, it wastes too much water, and we're saving the water, so Betty does the dishes by hand. Um, there are certain pans. See, I will say this. There are certain, okay. certain items in our kitchen that we will strictly only wash by hand i mean there's a few things where they say it's you know you should only wash by hand sure. we have. i don't know it's, that's my girlfriend for you there's certain things she bought she goes oh, this is can't go in the dishwasher okay, okay. Uh, but there are other things that we could easily put into the dishwasher but i don't know why but there are certain pans we use uh, it's just different a utensils that we she she and i i don't know why but it's just we both decide to do those by no. hand but otherwise I mean, most cups, plates, all of that's going into in the, the dishwasher. dishwasher. And yeah. then, how long before you run it? Do you let it get full, or do you run yeah, it? Yeah, we try okay. to pack it up. We try See? to try to fill it as most you know as okay. heavy so then, as we can. I mean, we uh, during the week we cook a lot. I mean, we're on the weekends. It depends. We're kind of bad where we eat it. out more on the weekend. But during the week, we'll normally make dinner and stuff, and so we can normally fill it up in a week or so, and then 
run well, it through. And so, see, yeah. so so you and I are landing in the same page now. The fact that uh, we, my wife and I, strongly both believe. Again, I'm telling you because we both have this strong. <laughs> Betty, am I doing this right? Am I doing this correctly? <laughs> we have a strong belief. Oh, by the way, I got a call real quick. Uh, caller, this is WJBC. What's your name? Yes, Carolyn. Carolyn, what do you want to say? I read an article once that said you use less water running your dishwasher than you do washing your dishes Uh-oh. by hand. What, what, do you know where that article? I, uh, you're going to have to give me more proof than that. Uh, My I wife don't is, have any proof, Uh-oh. but I can tell you I read that. Okay. Well, I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to say that Carol said we can use the dishwasher, and I'll see if I get a shoe thrown at me, because my wife is really good at throwing shoes. But thanks for calling in, Carol. And most dishwashers have a sanitizing cycle on them, so okay. you can leave those dishes in there all week and then run it. And... See? See? There you go. Thank you for the call. Thank okay. you very much. I, anyone else that wants to call in and tell me how long you leave your dishes or whether what the perfect McNugget? We just have a bunch of questions on the Craig Collins <laughs> Show for people to answer right now. Uh, but but Neil, you so you wait a week before doing dishes, and yeah. that that's my conversation in all this is like, look, if, if we got to do dishes by hand, maybe we can give it more. Th- I don't want to do them right after I eat. After I've had a meal, I want to sit and then do the dishes later. I don't want to immediately go to work. See, I'm the opposite. I get done eating. I'm like, let's just oh, get you get it person. done, and then I can you know if we want to watch a show, yeah, watch yeah, whatever's yeah. on. Yeah, then, yeah, you terrible I'm... perfect person. <laughs> uh, we have another caller. This is JBC, the Craig Collins Show. What's your name? Hey, this is Keith. How long do you wait to do a dish? Um, basically, it's just my wife and I now. So every other night, the dishwasher gets full, and we use it. Okay. Um, I want to think that I read in Consumer Reports. There we go. Citing that sources. You save water, that you save water using the dishwasher. The other issue, besides the water, is if you're using a sponge it's and, over get dirty. and over and over again... Well, it gets full of bacteria. Yeah. No, I and so, I got yeah, it. So the, yeah, as the previous caller said, there's a sanitizer we put in ours too and yeah, it's it's like a it's like a car wash. Forgive me, you know, what you, you, what was your name again, sir? Keith Keith, thank you so much. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to say that Keith and Carol told me that we use the That's dishwasher right. now. But uh, honestly, my wife's Mexican and she throws shoes fiercely. You you have no idea how much. And she's she's a small person, man. So you don't expect it. And all of a sudden, it comes flying at you, Keith. Uh, but thank you no, for the call. I, I'm all right. Good night. Good night. And Consumer Reports too. He cited his source. I need those things, people. We need three or four sources checked. It's like doing a news story. You need to talk to multiple people. Multiple witnesses need to be involved. And eventually, eventually, we might use a dishwasher. What chicken nugget is the best? People were asked this question, and people responded in force to which chicken nugget is the best. Um, the number one choice was 36% of the vote. Number two had 22% of the vote. Number three had 13, and number four, seven. I will remind you what the shapes are before telling you the winner. I feel like I need a drum roll. Uh, the shapes are a perfect ball, a perfect circle. A bell, one a chicken nugget that has a little bit you know, extra on the top, and then sort of a... It looks a lot like a bell. Uh, the bone is the rectangle one, and then the boot is the one that looks like a shoe uh, from Monopoly. And then, of course, these are not part of the survey, but I'm sure people threw out the dinosaur and all the other uh, molded options. But these are just the regular chicken nuggets, and uh, obviously, you know, they come in all different sizes. 36% of people said boot. I don't know if that was a surprise. It's all, the only one that really looks like what you're saying it is, but that is the favorite chicken nugget of most people. Bone came in second. Bell third in a perfect circle, which is the one that I like, because how often does that happen? Does something look uh, exactly correct? And 
you know, by chance. We didn't do this on purpose. Only 7% of people like that one. So, uh, Neil, do you have a perfect chicken nugget shape that you enjoy? Yeah, I, you know what? I kind of like the boot. I'm do not, you? Yeah, I don't mind it. Are you a Monopoly guy? Uh, I mean, I'll play it, but it's not like I'm over the top. Okay. You you, <laughs> I wish you were over the top. I love that <laughs> as an add-on. I wish you were, like, super intense about it. You had one here at work, and you were dying to play with anyone that wants to play at any time, because Monopoly gets vicious quick. It can. But it does It does look like a Monopoly, um, you know, piece, so it that's does. why I say that. Uh, the boot, number one option. Apparently our newsman, Neil, totally on board with that. Uh, did you know that the reason the Astros are winning this World Series, apparently, at least the last three games, has been because of an unwashed shirt? Really? Yes. One of the Astros players, Alex Bregman, has worn the same shirt to games three, four, and five. He has not washed it in between games like any good sports superstitious person has, you know, would do. And they've won all three games. So he was asked if he will wash it before game six. Now, there is a day off today. So that means that Alex is considering saving this shirt for two days uh, and just leaving it unwashed. I don't know how long, like, it looks like it's the thing he wears when he walks into the stadium before changing into his uniform. He's not playing baseball in this shirt. It's a little, you know, striped shirt that he has. So maybe it's not getting that dirty. Maybe it's not as smelly as people seem to think it is. But he has a good luck charm that he promises to not wash and wear. And we'll see if the Astros win again. But it's, it's because of an unwashed shirt. Apparently, when, when you said unwashed shirt, I thought it was maybe like the undershirt, no, under no, no. the jersey. I was right. going to say that is a bold move. Well, I mean, famously, Michael Jordan wore a pair of North Carolina shorts under his shorts every single game he ever played in. That's what the rumor is, and we're still not sure if he washed those shorts in between, <laughs> which would be a very bold move for a basketball player to go unwashed short. Um, and I never noticed people interviewing Michael that seemed to like pull away. So I'm assuming he washed it, but yeah, yeah, yeah you never know, never know. Uh, by the way, this Nationals fan kind of stole my heart uh, the other day. I love this dude. Uh, he is—he was at the game, and there was a, a home run hit by an opposing player, uh, Jordan Alvarez, and he didn't necessarily care enough to try to catch the ball. He was also, of course, holding two Bud Lights, one in each hand. So instead of trying to catch the ball, he just took it off of his chest. So if you watch the video, he leans into the home run ball as it's flying toward him. It bounces off his chest. He then slowly puts down one of his beers to pick up the home run ball, kept the ball, kept both uh, Bud Lights fully filled, no spillage. It was amazing to watch. This was better than the game, to be honest. Uh, there is a clip out there on the Internet. I'll share it on the Craig Collins Show. Um, I would've, it would have made more sense to me if it was a higher-end beer. I feel like you could spill a Bud Light for did, a home run. Did you see, though? I, cause I did see this video, too. Bud Light, their official Twitter, then put the video on their Twitter and said, this man is a hero. <laughs> Twitter, please figure out who this guy is so we can reward him. Yes. I mean, he might get Bud Light for life or oh. something after this. You think he deserves for life? I would think that they just send him like a couple cases, but you're saying a lifetime member now. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I don't mind Bud Light, but if I got a lifetime supply, then I would be a... I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the Bud Light train. Oh, I know. You'll shill anything. You're waiting <laughs> for any sort of sponsorships you can have. You'll wear things like a NASCAR person during your news report. I get it. Um, uh, you know, it, it is fair to say, too, that he bought these at a sporting event, so I'm sure those Bud Lights were like twenty five fifty each. Right. So in yeah. that case, maybe I wouldn't willingly spill them. But it's just funny that he didn't like try to get it. He still wanted the ball, so you just play goalie, and you let it hit you directly off the chest like a man. Yeah, that was that's a power move. I mean, yeah. that probably is going to leave a nice welt right. bruise. I, don't, I can only imagine how he's feeling today. Yeah. No, I can't either. Uh, there was a study also that found that athletes routinely leave some of their morals on the sidelines when playing sports. Apparently, people like to uh, 
maybe break a few of the rules. I'm not saying that they do anything worse than that, but I don't know. I've played a pickup basketball game at the Y before, and I don't think uh, I think maybe a referee would benefit us. I don't think that everybody's playing completely fair. Uh, but this study found that a majority of athletes, uh, given the opportunity to cheat at the sport they are playing and certainly playing professionally, some of them would would do just a little bit. They wouldn't go too far. We're not talking, you know, crazy break somebody's leg kind of thing. But you know, if you can if you can skirt a rule every once in a while, athletes apparently are prone to do that. That surprised me a little bit. Uh, and one last thing, Toyota has created a brand new vehicle to get you around. They debuted it uh, the other day. And, okay, you have to wear rollerblades in order to utilize it, so it's not a perfect vehicle, but it is an electric broom. It looks very much like a Harry Potter broom when you're using it. You kind of sit on it, and it's powered and pulls you, and you need wheels in order to roll with it. But Toyota is very excited about the e-broom. They hope to attract a lot of fans maybe for Halloween, the holidays, and get people in on it. But, you know, it's a, a broom that obviously is sweeping the ground while you're moving. Uh, and they hope it's a, a big, uh, you know, moneymaker. It's kind of like the, the what is it, the hoverboard or the e-scooters. Oh, you yeah. just have, uh, it, this one cleans, though. So really, there's a benefit to it, right? I, this would not go well for me. If I've got to get on rollerblades or something <laughs> to do, it, this, it would not bode but well. You, but it sounds multi-purpose, though. You can, it yeah. does.